1: Plan savings with three lines of T Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
0: David Cobb covers college football and basketball for CBS Sports. Former Grizzlies beat writer for the commercial appeal. He's on Twitter at David W. Cobb. Cobb, how's the weather in Hattiesburg?
2: Oh, uh, update, Jeffrey. Uh, okay. We are now in Cranberry, New Jersey. Oh, wow. That
0: is rage, dude.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not bad up here. I, I was talking to my mom I've been earlier. there.
1: I've been to Cranberry, Is New this Jersey. southern
0: or northern New
2: Jersey? Or central, uh, is, I guess. Central. I guess it's smack dab, yeah, in the middle. No, kind central. of halfway between Philly and New York City. So actually, oddly enough, went up to Fairleigh Dickinson University yesterday to uh, work on a little feature story that's coming and then uh, have been to uh, Manhattan uh, twice already and uh, have not been to Philly yet. But, you know, uh, we'll get over there eventually.
0: How is the uh, Chick-fil-A scene up there?
2: Well, you know, that's why we're here. It's uh, growing. It's a growing. It's a, oh,
0: there's an opportunity.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, uh, Aggressive if happen, expansion. If you happen to find yourself on the New Jersey Turnpike at the Molly Pitcher exit there in go. the next few weeks. Yeah. You know, oh,
1: through. hello.
2: <laughs> I Come know on where in. that is. Come
0: on in. Say hello.
1: <laughs> I know where that is. Well, well. Cobb, now that you're you're basically a it's new- expanding, I love the great answer. The Cobb can do PR for Chick Fil A. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I'm curious your thoughts on uh, the Memphis basketball team at this moment in time. They're they're all well. Hold on, before we get to the Tigers, oh, okay. let's ask let's ask Cobb's opinion because okay. Mark and I talk about this all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you do a deal for OG and Oh, Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: well, what do you have to give up? Because some of those, all right. So uh, I'll
0: I'll say this: you got to give up. Three firsts at the minimum, let's say three firsts at the minimum because that seems to be what they're at least floating is the best offer right now.
2: Yeah, that seems like a like a hefty price to me. Okay. I don't know the details of his contract, but as a player, I think he would help because man, you know what? I watched Kyle Anderson torch the Grizzlies the other night, and I was like, that was man. a tough. That was a tough watch. Yeah, that was I a was tough like,
0: Friday night because he was just giving us the business, yeah, and with everything like, else that was correct. going on
2: too. I was like, man, that length and that versatility. Grizzlies kind of missed that. Like, you know, I watched Zaire Williams have a rough game the other night. I, I forget which game it was. but there has been a lot of it.
1: W- yeah, and I'm just like, uh
0: The just, real bad you know, one was,
1: what uh, was before the Golden game? State. Yeah, it Golden State. Yeah, was Golden State game. It was, it was bad was, and then yeah. gave up the game-winning
2: basket. Yeah, you know, O.G. Ananobi's that long, rangy, athletic wing that they hoped Justice Swinslow would be. I, I, O.G. Ananobi is I think probably what they thought Justice Winslow would be. So maybe it makes sense. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. I I I'm I'm, in, I'm of the opinion he's closer to Jeff Green 2.0 that everyone's mm. talked themselves into this is a perfect fit because it makes all this sense. And he's I will say this. I think he would be more agreeable to be like your fourth cog or your you know yeah, your fourth co- your fourth cog probably than maybe Dylan is. But I still think Dylan brings value, and that's a lot to give up for what I'm not sure is a massive upgrade. Yeah.
2: You know, I always flash back to Mark used to say it on our on our CA Grizzlies podcast all the time. Like Dylan Brooks is who you want as your sixth man on a playoff team, and I feel like that's been proven true. Like when I watch the Grizzlies, I'm like, you know what? Like Dylan Brooks needs to be a sixth man anyway. Uh, shout out to you, Mark.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean I am fine with him being a starter, you know, and if he has it, you play him late and if he doesn't, it's, you don't. It's the, the the real way we should say it is he should never be more than your fourth leading shot taker. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know I don't know if he's accepted yeah, that, yeah, that. I, I, totally. But at the same time, I am of the opinion I would go I I am I think OG Ananobi is a good idea. I just think the price to me would I want the price to be right. Because I I think you are taking some risk doing it at the trade deadline with the way this locker room works, and so I would want to make sure the price is right. I wouldn't go up to three. I wouldn't basically empty out my war chest. That's yeah. what you're basically asking the Grizzlies to do. If if it takes three first to get OG and an OB, your surplus. This is least, the move. Yeah. This is the move. We, you know, we've been taught, we've talked about it in the past. Like they got it. They got these assets to make a move. This would then be the move. And I, like, I don't know. I'm not that excited about OG Ananobi being the move for this team, ultimately. Like, to empty out the war chest for that. And if you're telling me I got to give away one, you know, then, like, let's have a conversation. in like, you know, Danny Green's contract or maybe Dylan. Like, then I can maybe have a conversation. But, well, like, three first-round picks. Round picks
2: it's, it's hard to part with three first-round picks when you know how good the Grizzlies are at drafting.
1: Bingo. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know? Uh, they
1: value the them values, more right? than uh, most teams probably do.
2: And this is a good draft, in my opinion. I don't know what you know the the, the draft writers say, but having watched a lot of college basketball, uh, I believe this is a good draft. I think you can get value all the way down through the first round in this draft. And I don't know wh- what year the picks would be that they'd be sending out, hypothetically, but I think the Grizzlies can get help from the 2023 NBA draft.
1: Okay. Um, let's talk some college basketball. I want to get your thoughts on the Tigers real quick, and then we'll expand out nationally. Um Memphis on a five-game winning streak. Um, they are comfortably in the field. I guess you would say yeah, they're certainly they're not on the the very edge of the bubble anymore. They 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 they're either an eight like a, a nine a ten. It feels like the worst case scenario. Seat.
0: They are on the right side of the bubble comfortably. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, they're probably one bad loss away from being right back on the bubble, but still, they're certainly in a better spot than they were a few weeks ago. Um, and I'm curious. Do you think, David, they can get higher? They can get a better seed than what they had last year, which was an eight seed in the NCAA tournament. Do you think, like, do you think not only can not only can they do it, will they do it? Like, will, do you imagine this team playing its way into a position where it can be like a six or seven seed, which would probably they have nine games left, two against Houston. Um, yeah. what, what, what do you foresee for this this group? I guess when all said and done on Selection Sunday.
2: Yeah, I think they can improve it a little bit if they split with Houston. And and I think that's a a high possibility of that happening. Houston's shown its flaws a a little bit recently. And I don't know if it's boredom with the AAC or what, but uh, they've struggled against teams like South Florida. They lost at home uh, to Temple. They they end up in a dogfight with Cincinnati. And so the Fertitta Center has not been an excellent home court advantage for them this year in the sense of that's where both of their losses have come. And they've also played some inferior opponents way too close for for comfort there as well. So I do think Memphis is capable of beating Houston, uh, and I would almost anticipate a a split in that series this season because of what I've seen from Houston as of late. So that win is, is as always, that marquee victory you're chasing uh, there. But thankfully this year it's not make or break in terms of your tournament chances. But it would be nice not to have to play a number one seed in the second round of the NCAA tournament. So in that sense, I think Memphis would have to split with Houston, right, and maybe only pick up one other loss somewhere along the way uh, in the regular season, and then we'll see what happens in the conference tournament. Yes. And the way they're playing, they're taking care of business. Like, I, I watched that Houston game on – or not the Houston game, but the uh, the Memphis-Tulsa game on Sunday. You know, and, and early in that second half, I'm like, oh, boy, like let's let's pop some popcorn because this is about to get real interesting. And then you look up, and, and they're, they're running away with it, and they're making the plays and making the shots. And so there's just that level of comfort and confidence that this is going to take care of business this year.
0: Yeah, I, if, you ha- if you want to have a criticism, I think the criticism would be it feels like it takes them a little too long to get Kendrick going. But I also think it's entirely reasonable to say Kendrick had 11 shots in the first half, and he had 11 shots in the second half. Maybe the difference was Kendrick just made them in the second half. Because he went three for eleven in the first half, and all of a sudden, you know, it's nip and tuck, like you said. And in the second half, he goes seven for eleven, hits a couple threes, and then all of a sudden, they're pulling away. And it's also important to note, DeAndre got in foul trouble immediately in the first half, and in the second half, he stayed out of foul trouble. And you had both of them on the floor, and then all of a sudden, they put him away.
2: Yeah, amazing how DeAndre Williams staying out of foul trouble. Yeah, we got we got a foul tr- uh, problem, uh, a foul issue in Memphis with Jaron Jackson Jr. And DeAndre Williams and I thought Jaren had
0: fixed his. I knew DeAndre hadn't. <laughs>
2: like I, I was <laughs> like in the end,
0: there was like two games in a row where DeAndre didn't like get to four, and you're like, oh, he's doing better. It's like, eh, this feels like full scold. No. Jaren, I did think was getting better. The problem is, I Mark's point is DeAndre or uh, uh, Jaren Jaren, but uh, it's uh, Draymond. Portable, yeah, Draymond gets in Jaren's head. And then, like that leaks over. I think for Draymond games.
1: goes in the game, going one of my main goals in the first quarter is to get Jaron Jackson Jr. in foul trouble.
0: <laughs> and I, I think I think and it's and smart, I, and I think it's he has a very high batting average. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's smart.
2: Um, Those guys need to go to the Zach E. D. clinic on how not to foul and uh, to just learn from him on, on how to go straight up sometimes. I know I know Jaron is a great shot blocker, but not every opponent's attempt is a yeah. is a chance to block a shot. And yeah. then with DeAndre Williams, it's just like a, sometimes just like a lack of –
1: Jaron's been, been pretty good about it by and large. There's been some key moments where he's gotten in foul trouble, and but I, by and large he's been pretty good. I also good. think
0: Jaron showed a lot of frustration during that losing streak. Yeah.
1: Like to me, well, where, I think he's an emotions on his sleeve type of I player. I think where Jaron gets the really bad fouls are
0: when he he's has frustrated. a bad, like it's a bad offensive possession that turns into a, a defensive possession where he just does something like completely just loses his mind. DeAndre just uh, he's just well, not I'm convinced. The I don't know how
1: I don't know when this Memphis season is going to end. I could see them making a run to the second weekend of the tournament if things break right. But I know this. The game they lose in the NCAA tournament, my gut tells me <laughs> DeAndre Williams is going to be in foul trouble. That's going to be part of the story of them losing the game, unfortunately. Okay. But I could see them, you know, I could see them bypassing that and winning some games in the tournament. I just think ultimately when push comes to shove, when we talk about the game they lose, we're gonna go, man, if DeAndre just hadn't gotten in foul trouble. Well,
0: Cobb, you're a good person to <laughs> ask this because you you have the perspective of watching both teams. So Calkins this morning asked John. If he would want to see, if he would want Memphis to see Tennessee in a second round tournament game. My first instinct was yes, yes.
1: Because if I'm Memphis, that's a beatable one seed. A team that doesn't score. Efficiently, or you're telling me Tennessee and Memphis are going to be in like a correct. low 60s dogfight? I sign up for that, and, and then on, they might not win it again, but they'd well, have a good shot.
0: Tennessee's a one seed, or whatever. Yeah. Let's say they're even a two in this. Like it's a, either a one eight game or a, a, a two seven game or two ten game, whatever. However you want to do it. Well, if I'm fine, if I'm Memphis, me I feel up. pretty good because not only does Tennessee not score very well, I think I'll have the best guard on the floor. Yeah, at least know, college basketball. Maybe not
2: pro prospect,
0: mm-hmm. but I got the best college basketball guard on the floor. Yo,
2: I would love that matchup. It's Ziegler versus uh, Kendrick Davis, the two sub-six-footers going at it. Like, that's, that's my dream guard matchup right there. And, and that would be just, a, just an unbelievable game because of everything that would be at stake beyond just uh, the, the tournament and the rivalry. Ironically, though, as of today, the way Jerry Palm has it at CBS is that Memphis would play Alabama – in a I do not
0: like ones. that matchup. I know, I know, I know but they've but already Memphis, seen it once, but I'm telling you, oh boy!
2: But, but I, Memphis played Alabama really close on the road. Now you rematch on a neutral. Uh, I think that that game. I mean, you're, you're probably only a, a three or four point underdog as a as an eight seed going against a one in, in that scenario. Uh,
0: yeah. So here's why I don't like it. I know we've already seen it. The final score was closer than that game was.
1: Well, it was a game where. Kendrick played awesome, and if you've watched Bama this year, like I'm not saying Bama played its worst game of the season. No, they but still they, put
0: up in the They're still scored the 90s, yeah. But they
1: also didn't <laughs> play. Their, they didn't play great no, by their. They standards. did not play like they did against Oklahoma. No, but they did they not play like they did last night. Like Vanderbilt <laughs> either. Um, well, because last week Cobb, you were when I asked you about Tennessee and Alabama. You were clearly much more, much higher on Bama, but that was before the Oklahoma game. Um, where where are you at? On, like Tennessee has now overtaken Houston number one. Ken Palm, what mm-hmm. uh, what do you make of uh, that that race for the SEC title now? Still, I still was, with Pro Bama.
2: Yeah, I was reassured of that view last night when Alabama just beat the brakes off of Vanderbilt. Like that was Alabama football versus Vanderbilt. Like that was. Just down. Vanderbilt
1: right. fell 14 spots in the net last night. All well, time. To, Cobb,
0: to, Cobb, to Cobb's <laughs> analogy, I don't remember what year it was, like 16 or 17. Remember when Vanderbilt was like two or three and O, oh and they hosted Alabama on CBS to like mm-hmm. kick off the year, and it was like 60 to nothing at halftime. That's yeah. what it felt like. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Alabama's fine. Alabama. The, the Oklahoma loss for Alabama to me is an anomaly because they were bad defensively and bad offensively in the same game, which I think is going to be super rare and not going to happen again. But Tennessee, I mean, you can almost count on them being bad offensively at least half the time. Uh, I just don't trust Tennessee to, to not go through these long-scoring droughts. Uh, and that just comes back to haunt you in, in single elimination formats like that. I mean, I guess the one thing they have on Alabama is, is experience. They're not nearly as reliant on freshmen. As Alabama, and come tournament time, that does make a difference. But if we're betting on the SEC regular season champion. I'm still going Alabama, even though they only played Tennessee once, and it's in Knoxville. So Tennessee has a huge advantage there. But I, I just think Alabama. I still, I mean, in my mind, I might pick them today. You know, as as national champion.
0: You know, something I was thinking about the other day. I, I know we're a long way away from this, but do you think the way that Tennessee got bounced last year? it maybe makes Rick Barnes think twice about going all out and trying to win the conference tourney.
2: Great point. I mean, there, there's only limited value in that because it didn't help him. On no, the it, didn't, it, it all. didn't change.
0: It didn't really. It,
2: I think we've now gotten
0: to the point where the value of the conference tournament is if you screw up during the year, it's a mulligan. But I think what they've clearly said is if you're depending on the conference tournament, like giving yourself two or three maybe extra wins, to improve your standing that's just not how they've been valuing it recently
2: yeah you know that that strikes me as like an emerging philosophy that's probably going to spread more through like the younger ranks of coaches like I would yeah. expect Nate Oates to, to adopt the eh uh only go 80 percent in the conference tournament philosophy but for the old school guys the old guard the Rick Barnes that's a banner guard, baby yeah exactly and those dude you, you, you know it from being around the Tigers so much but like a regular season title, a conference tournament title, those things mean something to to the coaching staff. So like they really do. And they mean something to the players too. And you don't really pick up on that as much watching it at, on TV as you do when you're actually around them in those moments. Um, and that, that's something that they take pride in and hang their hat on because at the end of the day, there's only one person who's going to win the Natty. Uh, but, but you can win a conference tournament. You can be competitive for that in a regular season title year in and year out. And I think that's something that, that Rick Barnes really prioritizes. So, They shouldn't as much because if you play on Sunday in the conference tournament and then you got to turn around and and play Thursday and Saturday single elimination again, I mean, that's that's a tall ask. I'll
0: tell you what we need to do. We need to start figuring out which coaching stabs have bonuses. Because I agree. I think there's a big value for winning a a regular season title. Like, you go Mm. in 18 games, you win that. I tip my cap. That's versus, you know, four games. I've never
1: quite understood that. Yeah, actually, you're right. It's like I feel like there is – there is more value in winning. Way than more. Uh, but it's title. just
0: how we think like, in American sports. It's like <clears throat> you can't get a trophy. Like that's all that matters, and like, I'm fine with that. Like I think that's stupidly way too. But we need to start doing research. We got to figure out which coaching staffs get bonuses for
1: attorneys, uh, yeah.
0: conference attorneys.
1: Yeah. Well, the other end of the spectrum is Ole Miss and Kermit Davis. No, don't stop. <laughs> You won again last night, yes! didn't you, against Kentucky? And
0: Cobb, I got to double down in half. Because <laughs> it was tied. Like it was, I was sitting there, I was like, there's no way almost Miss well, scores 62 or 64 well, here. I was like, let's well, go.
1: Jeffrey, you've been telling me Kermit is likely not going to make it no! through this. No,
0: no, no, no. We need to extend him.
1: But did you hear? Did I, I think there, you've got bad news. He got the John Calipari. Yes, like, I saw this last night. The booth. This, you know, yeah. this usually means you are getting fired. Like. Or the last time I remember Cal... Calipari doesn't save jobs. He ends up ultimately being like the signal to the AD, okay, it's time to bury him. Well, the last <laughs> When he time starts I, supporting you. The
0: last time I remember Cal going to bat for the Ole Miss coach was at the peak of the Tad Pad era uh, where... He came into the press conference. He's like, we got rats running in here at Tadsmith Coliseum, trying to get Andy a new building. Um, well, I t- Here's what Cal Perry yeah, said was, last this night. This is not
1: good. I told Kermit after, they're in every game they play. Uh, they just need to bust out in one game. They've got the shooters, the big guys. They're right on the cusp. Real oh, coaching gets done when this kind of stuff goes on, all the noise. This is wow. when coaching gets done. You watch Kermit because he's one of the best. <laughs> That's good stuff. Cal also no.
0: never goes to bat for like the Nate Oates's. I noticed that he goes to bat for <laughs> he goes
2: to bat for the Kermits. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, look, I was thinking about this actually this morning. There's no reason why Ole Miss shouldn't be an attractive job. Two reasons: one, of the nicest new arenas in the country, a hundred million dollar facility that's less than a decade old. Number two, it's a Nike school. I mean, that should be enough right there to attract like. Uh, 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 let, let me of, clarify. Barely. Well, I, but it is, and then look. Look at uh, who you could go out and get right now, Dusty May, Florida Atlantic, twenty-one and one right oh, now. Oh, I, I think there's,
0: I think there's going to be a push to do some uh, background research on Chris Beard.
2: Ooh, well, look, nobody asked any questions when Mississippi State hired Chris Jans. and go look at his Wikipedia. Well, and it's go look happened. at what's happened in the last twelve months. Yeah,
1: yeah, it'll be interesting. That yeah, it feels like Kermit Davis coaching his last games. We, we got the we got the Calipari sort of. This is happening, seal. We can – we still have like six more games to max, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, yeah. This has been a hell of a streak. <laughs> Betting like on even,
0: like I even lost one at South Carolina. It's like, all right, I'll just get right back on that horse. <laughs> and it has just been
1: delightful. Oh, that's good stuff. Cobb, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Sounds good. That was David Cobb of Uh also of Cranberry, New Jersey now. So is that – is that birds territory, or is that... It's, like, right in the middle. It's, like, kind of near... It's, like, a little north of Trenton. It's, like... It's, like, the southern edge of, like, what would be, like, New York, Newark suburbs, Okay, because Like, one of my good friends it's from... not quite farm country. There is some farm country in Jersey. One of my good friends from college, she was from South Jersey, and I... <laughs> That's that, village, that was, I was my
0: there. first realization of... Yeah, because that was the first thing. Like, we showed up on NFL Sunday, and she was wearing Eagles gear. I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. What? And she's like, yeah, this is Philly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, like that was my first. So this is kind of no man's land. This is the, uh, the DMZ.
1: I'd put this more as, like, New York, though, still. Yeah. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get
0: baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get